This is Alex Laparco, and I've always wanted to, always wanted to do this, uh, make a podcast, kind of about about coaching, about baseball, um, anything involving coaching has always interested me. So I figured I'd start a podcast, try to learn learn some more about the the profession and all that goes into it. So going to be talking with some of my former former coaches, some people I've coached with, just to kind of pick their brains and see see what's made them successful and why they love coaching so much so we'll see how this goes it should be fun um and hoping to learn a lot from it um my first guest is going to be my high school coach uh whose name is phil tarantino he uh he's he was nice enough to to talk to me for a little bit um he had to throw in some jokes to jab at me which which he was always good for um but he's I can't say enough about this guy. I mean, he changed he changed my work ethic. Um, he changed the way I looked at not only sports but life in general. Um, just getting out of getting all that you can out of what you're given is kind of his main mantra to me when I was playing. Um, I played for him uh, for three years in high school. He was actually he was the JV coach when I was a sophomore, and he actually moved to the varsity level when I was a junior. So I was fortunate to have him at the varsity level from my junior and senior year, and he's been a he's been a friend and a mentor for me ever since ever since I had him as a coach. And he'll share some great stories I'm sure about um, our experiences together and how we've always had a great relationship. So a little background on Coach Phil Tarantino. He actually attended the high school um, in the early '90s. He was an All-American outfielder uh, his, his senior year. And then he went on to play collegiate baseball at Central Connecticut State University, so stayed close to home. Um, and then he found found coaching in the 2000s. He was the uh, junior varsity coach at Greenwich High School for about nine years and then made the move to varsity, luckily, for my time there. So kind of worked out great that he, he moved into the varsity varsity role as soon as I was moving up as well. So couldn't have asked for for a better high school coach um and he's just a great mentor so hope it's a good interview should be some should be some great content so here's coach phil tarantino mr Mr. coach tarantino how are we doing great (laughs) thanks for taking the time out i appreciate it are we gonna make this all formal no 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 of course not okay can't be that way no i can't no, no. I'm, I didn't read the questions. Just, you know, I want this to be totally like off the cuff. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, so me and you talked about uh, yesterday a little bit about me doing this podcast. I think it would be pretty cool to kind of get some content and you know how much I love learning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just talking to talking to guys I've, co- I've played for, guys I coach with now, just kind of learning as much as possible um, about coaching. Um, because that's kind of the, the next phase of my life. Can't can't really play anymore, so that's the next that's the next option in baseball. Yeah, it's it's wild. I think a lot of people coach is because they enjoy the game, and, and ultimately it, it ends for everybody, regardless of how good you were and all that stuff. And you know, it, it keeps you involved in the game, and it's an addicting game, as you know. And so, it's funny because. Coach Mayford actually, I swear to God, he just texted me. No way. And he, no, did, did you know that he no longer teaches in Greenwich? Yeah, I did know that. 
okay, so he's been in Long Island, so obviously, like, my interaction with him is much less. And, um, anyway, he just texted me how much he enjoyed coaching with me. This is our time together. Wish we could do it again, yada, yada. And so just as you have your peers in college that you played with, that you're your buddies, when you coach, it's sort of like the same interaction, right? You do it together. It's baseball. And, and, and it's special, man. It really is. It's cool. It's, and, and I told him, like, I've been actually, like, scratching my head, like, ah, should I have tried to really, you know, have coached and made that my profession? But obviously, I'm getting too old now, and with three kids and all that stuff, that's sort of out the window. But I think it's a cool path for you to choose. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always interested me, and having coaches like you two has definitely contributed to that. Um, so, yeah, that kind of was going into my first question. So what what made you interested in coaching? Because you, you obviously played baseball pretty much your whole life up until you decided to coach once you were done with college. So what kind of sparked your interest in that once you were done playing? So the, the funny thing is, is um, when I was done playing, I got hurt. So I was sort of like mad at baseball. Yeah. And I wanted nothing to do with it. And uh, so I was, I, I came home because I got offered a job at Greenwich High School to teach. And, and I took it. I was like 23. 22 and my high school coach my junior year retired uh at the end of my junior year and i had a, it was great and my senior year the coach was tough and and he was the best coach i i ever had looking back on it but during that time um he was just strict there was no nonsense and it was new to me it was different yeah and he pushed us really hard um and i didn't understand it at the time so anyway I see him, so things did not end well between him and I, and, and uh, I see him at Greenwich High School. It's baseball season, I wasn't even thinking. He walks into the room, I'm in, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so he's like, what are you doing here? But we talk a little bit quick. And he's like, hey, I need I need help this year. Would you mind helping me? And I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I don't want to help him, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so the next day he sees me again, he's like, I'm serious, I could use your hand, you know, whatever. So I said, well, all right, why not? Let me try it. And I really enjoyed it. I, I realized like how much I missed the game. And, um, and, and me, him and I actually became, we're, we're like good friends like today. And he was a really good coach and I learned a lot and I saw the other side of it, which was interesting. And, uh, you know, even you're doing the cannons a little bit, you see the other side of it now. Yeah, definitely. As a player, you have one perspective. And then when you're the coach, it's like, because you have very strong beliefs and opinions, and you see the other side of it, right? Yeah, totally and I, different I didn't world. think it was as hard, yeah, and I didn't think it would be as hard as it really is to coach if you do it the right way. And um, so then from there, I, I, he, he actually that year was his last year. So he, he, you know, he went back to Newark High School, and I got a job teaching elementary school. So my schedule didn't allow me to coach. So I got involved in. Um, I actually did the Cannons years ago before Abadie did it. it oh, was, wow. I don't, know, I don't even think it was the Cannons. I think it was the Upgrades American Legion. But then, like, uh, you know, I, I, it was fine. It was okay. And I ended up, like, stop, I stopped coaching. And then um, Coach Mora got the high school job. And then he's like, hey, I, I'd like you to come on and do the JV, which is where I think, um, you know, I had you pretty, pretty – you know, soon thereafter. So, um, 
Yeah, and I just enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed the, enjoyed teaching it, enjoyed kids that wanted to learn it, and um, you know, so it keeps you involved, which is nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, going back to what you said about that coach who pushed you and it was different for you, I I think that relates a lot to my first experience with you. Um, my not even my sophomore year because I think my sophomore year it was still kind of baseball was still coming kind of pretty easily to me. Um, I obviously, I obviously worked hard at it, but not to the extent that would, uh, push me my junior year. So can you, can you talk about the, my transition from my sophomore to junior year and some of those, uh, first days of tryouts? Yeah. So the best thing that ever happened to me, and you could appreciate this now because you've been through it and it's hard to teach the high school kids what hard work means and how limited your opportunities will be when you go to college, how fast you're done playing. <clears throat> Similar to yourself, baseball came really easy to me. I didn't work at it. I just practiced like any other kid would. Yeah. And so this coach saw more in me, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm, you know, I was very arrogant. And I said, you know, but I'm already good here. Mm-hmm. But I didn't understand what he was saying because I, I never was challenged in terms of when you leave here and you really see really good ball players. And he was trying to prepare me for that. And he saw, he knew what it would take. He played for the Orioles in, in the minor leagues. And I just didn't understand it, Alex. You know, I really didn't. And yeah. then going to college and, and not working even as hard as I could have there, all of a sudden, like, I struggled a little bit. I'm like, what's going on, right? Yeah. So then as you get older, you sit back and you look back at, like, what mistakes I made. And I'm like, okay, I owe these kids what I've learned and it's not going to be easy because they're coming from like doing well, like you said, and they're great kids, but they don't know how to work. They don't know how to break things down. Technically, they don't even understand what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. So the one thing I think that baseball teaches you is like, it's like the life lesson of you have to work hard. And if you're willing to work hard, you can become successful, but it's not for everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, and so as much as I enjoyed you, like from a personal level, I owed you the baseball player to be hard on you. There's no breaks. There's no tricks to it. And that's just something I learned through my time coaching, my time playing. And that's what I try to give back to the kids. Even when I coach like Phillips, my son's little league football team, <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah, it's I'm not like, surprised. Whoa. You can't turn no. it off. No, it's just real. And then all of a sudden they do well and people are like, wow, I can't believe that the kids could do this. I'm like, well, you don't believe it, but I knew they could do it. You just have to coach it to that point. Um, now the thing with baseball that drives me crazy is, um, I think I, I prepare the kids correctly, but it doesn't equate to like winning a state championship. And that bothers me. Like your group did everything they could have, everything asked and we didn't win the state championship. And so that bothers me because I think we play the game right. I think we played harder. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't work in a format of like a single elimination tournament, right? Yeah, and I think so, especially so, especially in high school, I mean, you're pretty much given what you're given in terms of talent and who goes to the school, especially at a public school level. Like, you got you had me and Mike. Like, we were good, uh-huh. but we weren't going to yeah. smack the ball over the fence like some of those other you teams. Were like, willing, you were willing to play the right way. Yeah, and so sure. I would challenge um, any other team 
because we'll do it right. And they were going to, and Mr. Woodring actually said, he actually I was talking to him uh, a couple years ago and he said, with your group, the best thing about your team is you would never lose a game. The other team had to beat you. You would not make a mistake by the end. And I agreed. And I was proud of that. I was like, wow, the fact that people could pick up on that, that we took the extra base, we played good defense you know, like we had a fine pitching after Michael and then like, then you sort of, you know, at the end were there to help. So we did it the right way. Like I said, sometimes I, I think, like I still think about the Staples game. Like, could I have done everything? And it, that's just me because I'm a little crazy. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's how I, I think. Like, and from that, like, did we, did we do anything wrong in our teaching? So I always evaluate what we're doing and all that stuff on, um, but I would have coached your team every year, you know, for the, for the rest of my life because how hard you guys worked at it. And it was, um, it's rewarding when kids buy into what you do. Yeah. I appreciate that. And it's easy when I think the biggest thing is I've come to learn in coaching is just having coaches who care. Luckily I've, I've pretty much in my whole playing experience, my whole playing career and the guys I coach with now, like they all care genuinely about the guys they coach no matter how old they are. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's the difference maker when, when you're looking at getting kids to buy in. And I think even because the Cannons workouts I'm doing now are with from like 10 to 14 year old kids. So like, like you said, they don't really know, like a lot of them baseballs come easy, but now here they are moving up to the bigger field where a 200 foot fly ball, may be a home run in a little league field, but now the left fielder, center fielders camped under it. So it's, it's about teaching them, the right way to play and that it's going to be, I, I've told them multiple times it's going to be uncomfortable at first, but you have to trust us. Cause uh, Taylor Holmes says doing the workouts too, obviously had a great, great playing career. Micah Beatty speaks for himself. Um, so I think it's just like teaching those kids that just have faith in us that we're doing what's best for them and getting that buy-in even at such a young age, especially at a young age. Yeah. And that's the hardest part is, um, like, why would they trust you? Yeah. You know, right? Like, so what do you sell to the kids? And then the other thing I realized was I thought because I was a good player that counted for something. And what I realized was it's a completely irrelevant in terms of coaching and teaching. You have to figure out how to teach the kids so they can be successful. And it may not be what you understand or things that came easy for you don't come easy to them. And that helped me a lot once I understood that. And I don't get as frustrated at, at some of their challenges. The problem I have is when they want to do it their own way. I, I, I don't have real patience for that when it's, yeah, but I think that, and, and it's completely wrong. And it's like, well, let's just try it this way since this is what the team's doing. And, and you know, you have to almost sell that. And then what I found is it takes like half a season. And when they see results and they start to see it work, they then buy into it. And I've had very few teams not buy into it. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. It's hard because, like, why should they trust you over their coach from last year or whoever's coached them in their life, you know? Um, and, and that's the piece where you're trying to teach them how to do it. Are they going to really absorb everything and really buy into it? That's something where I think that, you know, whatever, whatever sport you're coaching, there has to be that team component they have to buy into what you're doing then you can teach them yeah and I think it's hard especially at the younger age like the kids I'm coaching now is they're always going to go back to what's comfortable so I told them like a lot of the drills we're in now is going to be uncomfortable I have them do the 
the bare hand picks like they're 11 years old most of them are going to struggle doing that i'm i'm just trying to reiterate to them that it's going to be hard you're going to fail but eventually if you guys keep doing this by the time we're done with the winter workouts you guys are going to be doing it with your eyes closed like that's the goal and it's going to be uncomfortable but you just have to have trust so i think being able to communicate that to the kids is essential in coaching for sure it is back to my high school coach that um that was challenging for me we had we sort of had it out one day and he said to me and i always say this to the kids he's like do you want to be good or do you want to stink like everybody else <laughs> and i'm like well, i want to be good he's like then you need to work at the right things and that to your point like you're trying to show them how to do it you're breaking it down to the nth degree using just your bare hand now they want instant results right they want to be able to scoop everything yep but the ones that'll be good like yourself will stay later hey alex coach laparco can you stay with me and do this can you show those are the ones that then you got something special there and that's what i found um is more few and far between now the ones that really want to be good they, they want to be good but would they put the time in to be really good yeah that's um, the difference and that's the that's the piece where when you get a group like Prattley's group they'll do anything yeah definitely. and they bought into what we did but that group doesn't come around every day yeah definitely definitely special groups um so kind of tying this all in I what do, what do you think? What would you say is the highlight of your coaching career? There's probably a few, but if you had to if you had to pick one, um, if I had to pick one thing that I would say would be like special to me is when the kids come back, the kids that have graduated, whether it was from the high school or the cannons program, when they come back, mm-hmm. and um, and when the coaches come back because I'm not a, as crazy as it sounds. And I know I spoke about like your team losing staples in the end. I'm not a wins and losses guy because I'm not playing. And I believe that I'm not winning the game or losing the game. I try to put kids in position to be successful. I think you can, you know, have an impact on the game, but I don't ever view it as like, Oh, I'm successful because X I view it as, how many people have I tried, have I impacted? Whether they played baseball or not, whether hopefully they had a positive experience, maybe they took something with them in their life, whatever it is, but they come back. And, it's, and I'm not looking for a thank you. They come back and smile like when you guys would come back yeah. just to be there. So it meant enough to you where on your time when you're not on the team anymore that you come back, whether you come back to practice, watch the game, whatever, you're back. So to me, my always my my belief was like, can you build like, can you build something so special that people want to be a part of it, and even when they leave, they come back, and that's where we tried to do like the Greenwich High School Day, where the alumni alumni day, where the high school people that played came back, and the first year we did it, you know, in Janeiro got the Greenwich baseball tarp, we took pictures, then it grew the next year, then the third year was even bigger. That's what I would say is, is my for me, like my my most like my favorite accomplishment or, or special accomplishment yeah um, i love that i mean that's that's something I, de- I took with me to college like even as a player I'm, i wanted to make it a place where me and my teammates had such great relationships over our four years that we wanted to stay connected we wanted to do things together like come back to campus like you said and uh-huh. i think that that's probably the most important part of coaching in my in my eyes and that's what i've tried to do now um uh-huh. 
even even with the cannons like that's something i try to do make it a environment where people want to come back like i texted colin kelly today i was like if you need to hit like we'll go hit like it's just about creating that that bond and which sometimes happens naturally but other times you have to you have to work at it and i think that's another essential part of coaching too just making an environment that people want to come back to yeah and it's it's the hardest part because you you do have to work at it and and there's the reason why i answered it that way is, is a really good friend of mine in college he was a good pitcher and he didn't make our florida trip one year his sophomore year and it crushed him and the coach like was just i don't know man he just didn't talk to him a lot and you could tell he treated players differently yep and i and i he was my he was my friend and it, and it bothered me right and I said to myself, if I'm ever in charge of people, I'm going to treat everybody the same. So even if you don't play, I'm still going to talk to you. Maybe I'll make fun of you about your girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> you do that even or if they did play. Even if they did, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Yep, because exactly. then they all feel equal. Now, they may, every kid wants to play. So whoever doesn't start is pissed off anyway, right? Yep. That's fine. But if they feel like they're getting opportunities in practice because you run a good practice, you're not just taking IO and BP. You're actually working on stuff. You have your indie time, you know. And that's why it made for be with the infielders. Like that's what should have been your guy's coach. That's your guy, yep. right? I, I, and like I knew with Santarella that he might not be the greatest baseball guy, right? Yeah. But the kids love him, and that to me is part of a team. And he knows baseball. I'm just saying, like, when he slices the fungos, I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a seven like, iron, that's why. Yeah, you need to laugh, right? Yeah. It's important. But so he actually wants to do the winter workouts with us. He's got to clear it with his wife. So he wants to come back. So we shouldn't expect him. Right, exactly. <laughs> See, but you laugh at that. Yeah, you see yeah. what I'm saying? So so the other part of it was, and so I'm a, and as I got older, I started to pay attention to coaches, right? So... Bill Parcells was like my guy for football. That was like my guy, old school. So when he was a coach of the Giants, yada, 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 that, that's what I paid attention to. So anyway, he had to have open heart surgery. And so the night before, all of a sudden, he gets a phone call from a couple of his former players. Coach, what time am I picking you up in the morning? And he's like, what are you talking about? They're like, you're having surgery. We're driving you there. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. My wife's going to be, no, coach, you're there for us. We're picking you up. We're staying there. We're going to tell the doctor he better not screw this up. And we're driving you home when it's over. <laughs> and Parcells was like, those are my guys. Yeah. And so when you do it right, no, I don't want you picking me up. I don't want to open our surgery. That's not my point. But when you do it right, it does, it's not about baseball in, in the end. It's like, hey, what do you need? And um, so that's where it, it, there's a lot that goes into the way I think and why I do things. Um and obviously, it's, I'm telling you because you're asking, and I'm going to get in depth. But all this crazy, the things I do, and my reasoning for why it was hard on you when you were a junior, and every these are why. This is why. Because if I wasn't, I, I would have been letting you down and doing you a disservice, and I would have been letting the team down. So, and I didn't know like how good could you be. Like I still think you could have played minor league baseball, and you know, at that point, who knows what happens? Yeah. But, and you, and you could see when we did the recruiting stuff with you, one coach says no, another says yes. Now the coach that said no was wrong, but it's baseball, right? You move on to the next team and you just keep playing for yourself. There's going to be people that tell you, oh, this kid's going to start at second. This kid's starting at short. 
and you can't listen to them. And that's another like life lesson. Like, I don't really care what you think. Here's what I'm going to do. And, you know, part of me scratches my head sometimes. Like I said, I'm like, ah, should I have stayed with this and tried to do some stuff, maybe college or maybe, I don't know, because I believe in it. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest piece. And going to work every day for me is fine. But I don't love it. I'm not like, oh, man, I get to go to the ballpark today and figure out who's pitching and how we're going to get through today. Our, our, you know, our top four starters or can't pitch. We got to you know, piece this together. Who's going to be our leadoff guy? How to, you know, and then what's your philosophy offensively? Like I, I came up with that, like what I thought. Mm-hmm. I'm aggressive defensively. I'm big on alignment. I'm big on, on pitch sequence and how you pitch guys. Um, and, and it's all stuff you develop, you know, at, over time. Yeah. So, so with your, and, you still, you still have the cans in the summer. Um, you still have the cans in the summer. Do you still feel like they're like in the back of your head, you said there should be like more, like you need more from mm-hmm. just that. Um, so this is going to sound bad, but <laughs> it doesn't challenge me enough Yeah. because, it, um, you know, from Legion Baseball, a lot of guys don't coach in depth. So it's easy for me to hold the runners. It's easy for me to call pitches. Offensively, I, I have a real good idea what they're doing, right? Uh, the players are, are fine. You know, we're as good as the other team. In high school, I thought it was very, very well coached for the most part. And Agreed, I thought yeah. the players, it was really challenging. Um, so, I knew it like a couple coaches. Or we played against West Hill with, with DJ. I had to be on my toes. They're throwing back picks. They're, they're they're holding runners great. He's timing our pitchers. They're trying to steal our signs. Yeah. Dan Barry coach was great. Uh, Wilton was taught. It was just good. And, and so every game, it really challenged me mentally. Are you guys prepared? Uh, you know, very few games were like, oh, we're playing, you know, this team will, will kill them. So it's different in that regard. Yeah. Um, I, I force myself to coach it as hard as I can. So I enjoy when the team gets better and all that stuff. So for, for what it is right now, it's, it's enough, but, um, uh, there's times I scratch my head, but you know, maybe another time. Yeah. I know the way you are too. You're never content. So even if, <laughs> even if, it, even if you were coaching every day of the year, it still probably wouldn't be enough. It's just gotta be, it's, I'm always looking to, to, to get better. I'm always looking to, uh, I want to challenge. I want to learn. You know, that's what I enjoy about baseball. There's always like new things to learn and teach the kids. But I'm a lot like, you know, I tell the kids and when we do our workouts coming up, I'm going to tell them, look, I'm a lot to handle here, but I care. And I'm going to give you everything I can in terms of what I've learned about this game. And I'm going to try to give it to you. But if they don't work, it doesn't matter. And yeah. that's why I say like with Feinberg, he works. He's good. And he works. Now you got like a machine. So yeah, they got to be willing to work and listen to you guys. You know, yeah, that's if they, they want to get anything out of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, last question for you. Um, you've kind of—I mean, you've talked about it, but uh, what do you think the culture of a successful team looks like? They have to understand what team is first and foremost, and they have to buy into what the expectations are, and it's hard. And because those are just words, right? Yeah. So how do you make a team believe in the whole part? If they're asked to bunt it, they really buy in to do that. If they're asked to, you know, 
position? Do they really buy in to do that? And then how do you, how, how do you get a team to be selfless? That's, that's my thing. So a successful team to me looks together complete. When, when I see a guy lay down a sack bunt, they all actually come out of the dugout to acknowledge it. And the guy's not pissed off that they had a bunt. A team hustles. They'll go from first to third. They'll take the extra base. Balls in the dirt. You see them on their toes. That's a well-coached team that's bought into what they're doing, in my opinion, baseball-wise. And I'll be honest with you, I don't see a lot of those teams. Yeah. Um, and that's where I feel like, why wouldn't our team beat that other team? That's where I, I drive myself crazy. And watching the game today, I, I can't even watch the Yankees anymore because it's <laughs> like watching men's softball to me. Yeah. But that's me. That's the way I think, you know? So. Yeah. Um, well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, maybe I liked we'll, it. I was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. Maybe we'll get a few people to listen to this hopefully one day. But, I mean, yeah, I love learning, um, especially now that I'm starting to coach more. Because um, there's always room to improve. That's the, the way I've looked at it since since junior year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're I, gonna get different. You're gonna get different beliefs as you continue to coach that you, that are yours, and that's the cool piece. Just like your swing was your swing, and your defensive game was your game, you're gonna get your beliefs. Like you're gonna get some kids that are really tough to coach. You're gonna get kids that are wonderful to coach. But what is your objective? That's the first piece, right? So for me, it's team first. How do I get them to buy into more than themselves? Then B, how do I get them to work? Those are my first two. And then C, how do I make them become like one team in the end? So. Yep. And you could say those things just, it's kind of like a domino effect. Once you, once you get that selflessness out of them, they want to work hard for not just for them. I think that's, that's a big part too. Understanding on a team is that you're working hard for the guy next to you, not just for yourself. And, and why is that hard, right? Because every kid, what do their parents tell them? Yeah, you're the you best. Gotta you're, you're in a, yeah. You got. You should be batting third. You should. Yep. And you know, like Coach Verdiak told me, he's like, "Do you think? Do you think the coach is trying to lose the game by not playing the kid?" <laughs> and I and I said to a kid actually the other day, he plays at, at my school. He was mad about his playing time, but the team won. I said, do you think Coach Taylor is trying to lose the game? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, do you think he's trying to play you so he could lose the game? And he's like, no. I said, right, these kids are doing well. You're doing okay. He's playing both of you. you got to play better to earn more time. Yeah. And I thought that was, like, interesting. But I just think that, like, you're, you know, the people coming to you now for the workouts and they'll come to us, their parents want them to be really, really good players. So they're not, say, emphasize, hey, be on this team and – it's, hey, you got to work and do this for, it's always you, 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 right? Yep. That's what's hard. Now you're, now you're trying to really like twist it, which is, uh, which is, you know, again, that's what I'm saying. You're going to get a strong belief in it because it's, it's what you're the coach. So what do you believe in? And that's the hardest thing to do. But I tell the kids, if you can believe in team and IOU is what we sort of came up with, then you're, you're a tough out. I don't know if you're going to win or not because baseball is a quirky game, but you know, you become a tough out. Yeah, and then, like you said, just carrying it on, like, and not just changes them as baseball players, but eventually when they go out to find jobs, it's gonna, it's the same thing. It's not about you, it's about the people next to you and the people that are in your company. And to your point, it's like a domino effect, right? You get your job, yeah. you work hard, you become a team player, and then hopefully you move up, right? Yeah, definitely. So, 
but yeah, hey, send me this podcast. I'm curious how what is what I sound like. I will for sure. We got to we got to tee it up next year too. Oh, definitely. Me, me and Santarella want a piece of you and Janeiro. All right, I need to I need to get some new clubs. My da- I asked I asked my dad for some new ones for Christmas, and he said no. I'm getting my own. Don't you don't you work for the golf thing? Yeah, I, I can't get clubs from that though. All right, but you have a job, so you can't even buy. I them. yeah, I, I could theoretically buy new clubs. There you go. See, that's the thing. It's just like anything else. If you want it, it's yours. Invest in it. Yeah, sure. And they could last me too if I if I don't break them over my knee. They will. Mine have been like for ten years. If you you know, it's not the arrow. It's the Indian. So remember. That. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. All right. Thanks, T. If I if I don't talk to you or see you, have a great great Christmas and uh, happy yeah. New Year. Yeah, but we're getting together. We got to get together to meet me and Gennaro and if Santorella does it. All right. Yeah, you're right. We do. All right. I'll see you. See you.